0: Those of you who are new, we are in a series from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, the New Testament, the book of Ephesians. And last week, I started talking about the communion of the saints and the table of the Lord, and and uh, I I wrote uh, a lot more than I really had time to unpack. And for the first time in a long time, uh, I made the wise choice of stopping instead of trying to give it all out there. And uh, so I want to continue on that thought today, the communion of saints and the table of the Lord. Some call it communion and some call it the table of the Lord. They're both right. But I want us to also, as we uh, do it more often than not, Call it something beautiful and experience the table of the Lord as something very powerful. I saw that some of you and many of you brought your Bibles with you. Would you open your Bibles please to Ephesians chapter 2. One of the ways that I found out to find where the book of Ephesians is, is that I know that all of the the red letter stuff's the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then there are Acts and the, but uh, um, Ephesians, I have this acrostic General Electric Power Company from way back, GEPC, and I know that Ephesians is the E, it's in there somewhere, so uh, if you're in Galatians, go right, if you're in Philippians, Colossians, go left, then you'll get there. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 11, I'm going to read to the end of the chapter. I'm reading from the New American Standard. If you have an ESV or an NIV, you're not going to know, notice hardly anything different. If you have a King James or a New King James, you'll know it a little bit different, but not much. Follow along with me if you would, please. Ephesians chapter two and verse over 11, Paul says, therefore remember that formerly you, the Gentiles, which means the non-Jews, In the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Can I get nerdy for you with a minute there? Of Christ, ho Christos. Uh, The grammatical tense there is in the genitive case, which means we get the word Genesis from, out of nothing becomes something. Uh, Generating like a a battery power pack. What, What this is saying is in Christ, of Christ, the blood generates God able to, and you able to, Come close together. Of Christ is in the genitive, meaning that everything in Christ is in a continual, always, in effect, genesis when you put your faith in it. Just thought I'd throw that at you. Anyway, let's keep going. Verse 14, for he he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. By the time we get to the reading of Ephesians, the Jewish uh, scholars had added to the Ten Commandments and the Jewish Scriptures more ordinances that added up to about 613. And many of them were man-made. But in the culture of that day, they applied just as if God said it through Moses on Mount Sinai. And it separated people and gave room for accusation and sizing people up and and defining their spirituality based on the ordinances as well as what the word of God said. Sound familiar to you? Yeah? Yeah. But Jesus broke that down. Verse 16. And might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross. By it, the cross, having put to death the enmity and he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near for through him we both have our access in one spirit to the father so then and now is then Then you are no longer strangers if you're in christ you're no longer an alien you are a fellow citizen with the saints and are of god's household having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom in Christ the whole building that's not a building made of hands that's the work of God in the hearts of people who faith him the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord the you there is a plural form of the of the pronoun you all or as when I lived in Tuscaloosa they used to say all y'all. <laughs> all y'all. All y'all. And in 22, it's a it's a it's a singular you. You all in 21 and in 22, you individually. Also, what is he wanting to do? Build you up together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. Don't you love the word of God? Man, the word of God is powerful. So anyway, it tells us that when we come to the communion of saints and the table of the Lord, we are to remember some things. We looked last week that at one point, if you're in Christ now, if you're really a believer now, if you're really saved now, remember that you used to be separated from Christ. And so did I, and I was a sinner. I wasn't just, I wasn't just separated. I, I chose to be. You chose to be, whether you, whether you dynamically and radically and with hostility just coming out your nostrils against God, or whether you just passively not thinking about it, but we were separated intentionally in our life of sin. And when we were like that, he died for us when we were like that. Remember that we used to be that. And then when, when some of us came in and got saved, some of the people in the congregation of the God people didn't quite think that we were there, didn't look at our conversion as legit and wanted proof. And back then they wanted to know, guy, hey man, are you circumcised? We won't go into that again. I always always wanna know how how did you prove it? How did you prove it? You have a card? I mean think, did they have a back room? I mean, if they looked over and you're worshiping and they went, wait a minute, are you circumcised? No, you think that's funny. That was real. And Paul's writing about that. Paul's writing about that. See, the reason was, was other cultures outside of the Jewish culture, when the the message of Jesus went out past those cultures, the Holy Spirit started working in people who didn't know who Moses was, didn't know who Noah was, didn't know who Malachi was, didn't know the Jewish scriptures. Some of them did. Most of them didn't. They preached the stories of Jesus and people said, I believe that. Because the Holy Spirit was working. None of us can believe really without the working of the Holy Spirit giving us the grace to believe. Aren't you glad? Yeah. Yeah. And so when non-Jews came into the Jesus way, they didn't have a New Testament. All they had was Genesis to Malachi. That's all they had. And the stories being preached by the apostles. And as they tried to flesh that out, division came because someone would say, wait, 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 wait. What kind of seed are you sowing in your garden? How come you how come you've, you've cut the edge of your hair? Again, are you circumcised? Hey, the women on the menstrual cycle, well, you can't worship until. Is, doesn't that sound crazy? That was normal then. And they were putting people in categories. And there was division, accusation, cultural clashing. Who is a real, real believer? And then after Paul would leave those cities, or Silas would, or whoever, Jewish teachers would come in claiming to be walking with Jesus. And some of them were, but they were trying to turn Jesus people into Jewish Jesus people. So they could be legitimately Jewish, right? Do you know that there are some people that are more Methodist than they are Christian do you know there are people, some people that are more Pentecostal than they are, there are some people that think Jesus is a Baptist. Some of you thought, well, I thought he was a Baptist. John the Baptizer wasn't even a Baptist, dude. All right, Yeah. And they came in to this, these non-Jews who had the spirit, people getting healed and stuff and said, that's not, you're not legit. Hey, Let's go back to Leviticus. Hey, are you keeping the Sabbath, right? Are you keeping festivals? Hey, it's tabernacle time. Where's your booth? Yeah, and you know what? People got under that and got in bondage of that. I don't have time to go into that. We'll go into that later because we're gonna stay in Ephesians for a couple more seconds. Communion is about remembering that we're no longer separated. We're no longer sinners. We're no longer outside of those who are the super holy saints who add stuff to the Jesus message. And we're to remember that when we come to the Lord's table. And we're also to realize that if you're in Christ and you don't have it all figured out yet, and you're still working through stuff as you will the rest of your life, and I will, realize this, that you're not far away anymore, and that he started a brand new, altogether new thing without the help of religious people, thank you very much. My preaching's better than your amen and already. Let's go, come on, let's go. Let's go. Separate from Christ, excluded from his goodness, having no hope and without God in the world. And I get ready to do this and I, I think, I, God wants me to think about that. Cause that's not how it is anymore. It's good to remember where you came from and where he brought you to. Hallelujah. It's good to remember that we're blessed and we're privileged. Do you realize? I know you do, but let's remember. Let's realize again how privileged we are. People right now in your school don't know what you know. People right now on my street don't know what I know. In my town, in our town, In my my family, I've got people in my family. And of course, in the nation. But here's the thing. Even if you fell this past week, you know what you know? You know how to get back. You know where to go. And some people don't know. Let Let me say it again. Let's realize this again. But now... In Christ Jesus, I think this is slide, guys. In Christ Jesus, and I've messed them all up today because I edited something, threw it in, then you guys are, gotta, you gotta try to be up there and follow me around. Squirrel, you know, I mean, you, you should try it. Melchizedek, I mean, you should try it. It takes a Holy Ghost power to do that. Josh, what are you nodding about? Oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. You got 2,000 views on your latest thing, so you're all up there now. I hear you. I see you. I got you, Josh. Josh is rocking awesome, man. Yeah, Josh. Josh. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were, hey, if you join the nursery, you ought to see how I'll, I'll, I'll tell them about you. Woo, just kidding. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He did this for you. He did this for me. He died for me when I was lost. He died for me when I was separated. He died for me when I was snarky. He died for me when I said to my parents, I'll go, but only because you're making me to church. He died for me when I uh, and you. And he brought me in. And he brought you in. And the only thing in my life that's far away from God right now and me is my sin. As far as the east is from the west. That's how far he, not me, he has removed my sins from me. Wow. Some of you must not have really done some bad sins because you don't seem very excited about that. I'm glad there's some of mine that are like, way. Huh? Christianity is not about a big do on our part. It's about a big done. Jesus, Jesus. It's what Jesus did. He got it done. When he said, it is finished, that was an understatement. Our payment, done. Our way back to God, done. Our way out of sin's power, done. Our healing from the toxicity of sin's poison, done. Come on. Our ability to walk out of the practice of sin and the sinful nature, to walk in a new way of life that we could never do apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, done. Our way to be raised to a brand new life, not a rehash, but a brand new, all created new life, done. What does he want from us? One thing believe but not like i believe in george washington i believe that julius caesar lived i believe that alexander the great was the grecian no not that kind of belief a belief like action i am leaning this way i am in action that's consistent that's continual and this action is based on what i am hearing him say that will always line up with this book Always. It will, God's word will never depart from this. I told a staff member last week with the world going crazy and people being strange, including some that are changing their mind about what God says in the pulpit. I said, brother, if you ever hear me get up and say something that's contrary to this, please come and, and, as a brother and talk to me about it. But if I don't listen to you, run. There are certain people I like to listen to but I don't ever wanna put them in place of Jesus. I remember I was a terrible uh, mathematician in, in high school and I had a math teacher that used to say, hey, if your algebraic equation isn't working, don't plug in your favorite number. I had some favorite numbers that I thought, I don't get that, well, I'll just try a seven, right? And if it didn't work, I'd erase it and I'd make the equation fit the seven. That's not the way it works. I'd get up there and be big red ink all over it from Mr. King and Mr., you know. And that's what he meant. Don't try to plug your favorite, hey, your your favorite preacher, your favorite, hey, if I'm your, whatever. But don't take everything I said. Be like a Berean and search the scriptures to see if the things I've just said are true. What denomination am I? I'll tell you what denomination I am. I'm Pauline. I'm Pauline. That's not my female name. I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm following the Apostle, uh, you never know today. I'm following the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul. And John the Baptist, I don't know. And for action of faith, and for action of faith to the hearing ear. The hearing ear, Proverbs says, the hearing ear and the seeing eye are both gifts from the Lord. That's in the Proverbs. Gifts. If you can hear the voice of the Spirit of God, you are, you are blessed. You didn't get that because your grandma was Christian. You didn't get that because you carry the right Bible under your arm. That's a gift. I'm no longer separated. We're no longer under sin's power. And I gotta get to my message. I gotta get to my message. I wanna talk to you about four PowerPoints regarding the communion of saints and the table of the Lord. Number one, you guys follow me? I know know I'm nuts, right? Here we go. Number one, communion is vertical, right? Up and down, me and Jesus, you and Jesus. Communion is vertical, but should maintain horizontal balance as well. When we're talking about barriers, Paul never separated the vertical from the horizontal and neither did Jesus and neither did John, right? What's the, what's the great commandment? Love the Lord with all your heart, vertical. And your neighbor is yourself. And he said, the second is like the first. Hang the whole Bible on those two commandments. You want to have the right grid of interpreting scripture? Loving God and loving others. That's your, that's your, that's your, that's your, that's your hermeneutical, uh, non-negotiable principle regarding communion when we talk about no barriers it is thank you lord for what you've done that i can have relationship with you but also thank you lord for what you've done that i can be in relationship with my brothers and sisters in christ you know why we you know why that is because we all have the same spirit if we're believers the same spirit we all have the same righteous standing before god all of us regardless of where we're at practically with that but positionally in christ you're in christ When the animals got in the ark, I don't know, rhinoceroses, monkeys, giraffes, cows. I don't know what your favorite group is, but they were all in there. All in there. Different personalities in the church. Have you noticed that? Right? Different personalities, different points of view, different gifts of the Holy Spirit, but the same spirit, same Savior, same father. No barriers. So when we come to this, it's a, re, it's a renewing, it's a re upping on. I'm not going to have the ministry of Katya and Gatya with my brothers and sisters. The gift of suspicion, I'll let you clap. The gift of suspicion isn't one of the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. And neither is the gift of accusation. You know who the accuser of the brethren is? Besides Jesus, I mean, besides the devil, I've met a few. No barriers. We work together in Christ. We worship together in Christ. We build each other up together in Christ. We lift each other up together in Christ. We are to preach up each other, not at each other. Preach up and listen, if I can't lift up my brother's head to have encouragement with the Lord, then I need to hold him in my heart until the Holy Spirit helps that brother lift up his head. That's what we're to remember. We get closer together. You know what I found out the Holy Spirit told me a long time ago? Tim, God moments bond hearts. God moments bond hearts. There are brothers right now that I don't get to spend the time with today that I used to be able to, but there are God moments that no one will ever, ever be able to take us away from. And the only, the only thing that needs to trigger the, 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 the freshness of that emotional, spiritual bond is to be in the presence of that brother and just re- go, hey, remember when, right? Remember when, and you're right there, huh? Listen, on a more frequent basis, making sure we remember that this is horizontal as well as vertical, keeps us bonded together. We are no longer strangers. No one should feel like a stranger in the family of God. We're not lost. We're found. It is about him and me. I'm so, aren't you so glad that, he, that it is about you and him, but it's also as much about we and he? Yeah. Number two. Communion wasn't as formal as we make it today, but more family-friendly, yet no less sacred and holy. Holy and sacred is defined within a family metaphor in the New Testament. Some of the people that lived in, quote, holiness were the meanest, accusatory, snarky, spiritually arrogant people, right? Right? Have you ever read the stuff that Jesus rips out about the Pharisees and went, "Yikes, that sounds like me." Glad I'm not one of those Pharisees. Then you go, "Hey, ho, hoo. Ah. <laughs> Hey, guess what? Let me help you out. We all got the Pharisee thing going on at some level. Communion was was so holy and sacred, righteousness in God's eyes, Old and New Testament. Uh is always within a relational context. The prophets would cry out when the people would go to temple and offer their sacrifices and even their tithe, but they were either out of relationship with him or out of relationship with one another. Remember when Isaiah said, oh, you're fasting, you're keeping it all. But why am I not listening? Because you have a spirit of accusation toward your brother. You got the finger pointing going on in the name of the Bible, right? Isaiah 58. right there it doesn't have to be formal God doesn't require a mass in order to have communion with no disrespect we don't need a certain priest we are all priests in Christ that's right Paul uh, Peter said that we are all a kingdom of priests which means you're a person that has direct access to God by faith in Jesus Christ. You don't need somebody else to take you there. You have direct access to God. Peter said it. Peter said it. And some of our brethren in other parts of the viewpoint of, Christ, uh, of the church say that he is the rock. So Peter is the rock. No, but the, hey, he said, he said, we are all priests. So if we're going by what Peter said, Peter said, we're all priests. And you know what else? John said, he bathed us in his blood and made us a kingdom of priests. I'll go with Peter and John. I'll go with them. It can be just me and the Lord. I, I've been taking communion. I ordered a batch of these babies. I have them in my house and, and I've been doing that on my own before the Lord. It's an awesome thing to do that. But you know what else is awesome? Two are better than one. And a cord of three strands is unbreakable. Let me show you. Do you want to? Re- hey, the new cool at LOH is to bring your Bible and open it up and look at it during church. Ready? The new cool. So Matthew, Matthew, chapter eighteen, real quickly, real quickly. Hey, the longer you take, the longer I'm going to have to preach. Anyway, someone asked me this morning how long I was going to preach. I said it depends on your behavior. But anyway. <laughs> Acts chapter 18, verse 19, in my Bible, it's in the red. Jesus is saying this. This is awesome, right? Verse 19, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they might ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Now link the next verse to that. For where, everybody say where. Where two or three have gathered together in my name. Who's going to be there? He says, I am there in the midst. Dude, did you just read that in your Bible? Think of that in terms of the Lord's table. Think of that in your dorm room, guys, right? You know what I love to do? I love to get a buddy or two or three or five and go out and get wings Go out and t- brag about my fantasy football team, uh, to uh, to go to coffee and talk shop or talk about the, all that, you know. But but imagine two or three or whatever getting together. Imagine your friend calling you and saying, "Hey man, you want to get together with with Bernie or whoever?" yeah, what you want to do? Let's have communion. Oh, that sounds stupid. I do that. What communion? What communion? What do you mean communion? No, no. You know, how they do? let's do communion. And after you kind of go, that's good. After the first weirdness, like who's going to be father, the here, my son, who's going to do that part or how, how are you going to do it? I don't know how you're going to do it, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Jesus is going to be there. Have you ever been bummed because the person you really wanted to come to your life group didn't show up, right? But here's the thing if, and Jesus is with us always, but there's a new dynamic in the two or three. There's a, did you just read that? Let me read it again. It's in every translation I checked. Everyone I know, I checked him. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Come on now, what about that? What about that? That means if you don't even feel it, his word says he's right there. Who is he? I wonder which Jesus it is. The little Jesus? Is he the Jesus that doesn't do anything anymore? Stands off in the corner and you need healing. You need a miracle. And he looks over and goes, I'd love to help you, but it's not the first century. Sorry, I know the devil's the same. I know there's hell on earth, basically. I know there are persecutions everywhere. Sorry, I wish I could help you. But anyway, I'm praying for you. That's not the way it is. That's not the way it is. I am in the midst, right? Number three communion was part of a daily culture in the normal say normal and natural say natural life of each believer and the church look at this less at church and more in homes you want to look at the verses in in acts two i'll show you go to acts two if you're in the gospels go right matthew mark luke john go right and then you're right there acts two acts two Let's jump over the part of Acts 2 that makes everybody nervous and go to the other part in verse 42. <laughs> verse 42 of I love, listen. Listen to that. You bunch of scholars, you. Wait till I go out and brag to all my pastor friends. I don't know. We have, I don't know how many, a couple hundred people came with their Bibles. You know. And I didn't even get up and go, you must listen to me and bring your Bible. I didn't do that. Acts two forty two, they, the believers, were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Right now, they didn't have the New Testament yet. We do. Can you imagine if Paul would have had email instead of having to give it to Sylvanus or or to or whoever Phoebe, and then she had to wait and get on a ship? and then go and hope that you didn't get killed at sea. And months would go by before the people in the other place would hear about a problem that may have already been solved before the letter even got there to tell them how to solve it. And they're like, what do we do? They had the Old Testament. They didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, they had nothing, but they had the apostles teaching in some form that went out orally and went out in written form. And you know what they did? You know what the people did that had, they devoted themselves to that. If you have a new Bible, I'm sure there's nothing underlined, but you know what? Five months from now, now this baby ought to be talking it ought to be talking you ought to know where it is Uh, it shouldn't be left in your car for the sun to make the cover end up melting over like this the gold shouldn't stick together i'm just saying said they devoted themselves they ate this book you with me verse 44 And all those who had been believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 46, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple. Then they all got kicked out of the temple. They couldn't go there anymore. And breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Jump back up to 42 again. I forgot to read the rest of the verse. They continued to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. And look at this. And to fellowship in the Greek, in the Greek manuscript, it says ho koinoneos. Ho is a, a word that can be used for of or the. In this context, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. It wasn't just fellowship. Hey, what's going on? How's your team doing? That's all good. But the fellowship was about Christ in the center. The fellowship. And to break the breaking of bread. It says the the definite article's in there. The, not just break, not just, hey man, let's go down to Wendy's or, nothing, or Chick-fil-A, whatever. Well, they're not open on Sunday. Don't you hate that? What the heck? What is it? I get it, I get it. You're all holy. I get it, I get it. But I'll tell you what, pastors should at least get a key. So that, because I can't tell you, there have been times my desire for a sweet tea on a Sunday is way more passionate than it is on a Monday. We bring a lot of people here anyway, Jason, anyway, to the breaking of bread and to, in the Greek manuscript, it says to the prayer, to the prayer, probably Luke is pointing back to Luke 11 and the prayer of Jesus. They devoted themselves to that. Not just saying it like we say, uh, uh, This you cannot reproduce this game uh, unless re- express written consent of the National Football League. Even if you don't even know football, you've heard that enough, you can probably quote half of that. I pledge allegiance to the flag, yada, yada. Not that, not Father who art in heaven, hallowed be in the name of the kingdom What? That would been, what? what? Not that, our Father who art in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth like it is, you know. That's what they did. And, in, and, and, and they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. They did that. That's what they did. Again, communion was part of a daily culture in the normal. It was normal. It was abnormal. It would have been that. If they came, if they time traveled to us, they'd be like, you guys do communion, what, once a month? What are you talking about? We do communion every time I get with a brother. I'm not, saying, I'm not trying to make a law out of that. I'm just saying what, the way it was. Maybe this has a reason for why. Look with me for the final point, final point. Final point. 32 minutes in, help you out. Final point. <laughs> with that said, there is healing in the children's bread. I I had this last week and I was preaching it to myself this week at 4.30 this morning in my uh, place and uh, preaching myself. And all of a sudden I went, I'm a poet and I didn't know it. With that said, there is healing in the children's bread. See it said bread. Eh, eh. Let me take you to a place in Mark seven so you know what that means. Mark seven. Mark. Read more Bible in church today than we have in 15 years. The new cool at LOH, bring your Bible to church. Mark 7, starting verse 24. Now, r- remember the, the long investment I made last week, 29 minutes into my message, I was up here and I was trying to, and I was saying the only Bible they had was this part, right? And there wasn't this part yet and all that. Remember that? And how I said that the so called saints who were trying to enforce the 613 uh, ordinances and all that, the Jesus Plus Club, the Jesus, oh, Jesus, but Jesus Plus right and the people were under all that and we you felt like you were outside even if you were inside and paul always was wrestling against that his entire ministry entire ministry right so now you know the culture uh the culture when jesus was preaching the culture when jesus was preaching was if you weren't a jew you were a sinner if you didn't go to temple you were a sinner uh And if you were not a a person of Israel, you were outside and the Samaritans and this woman we're about to read, they were literally called dogs. And that was righteous in the eyes of the Pharisees to call people that weren't Jews dogs. Isn't that cute? Isn't that nice? So here's the thing. There are people outside of church that have demons fighting them. The difference between them and you is they might not know what to do about it. I just read that there are 65 generations that have passed since Jesus rose from the dead. And each one of us are responsible to get the gospel out to the generation of which we live in. Separated without hope and without God in the world. This woman in the 24th verse, 24th verse before we get to the woman, Jesus got up and went away from there to the region of Tyre. And when he had entered a house, he wanted no one to know of it, yet he could not escape notice. But after hearing of him, now look, this woman's outside of church. She's not in the gospel club, but there's buzzing going on outside of the gospel club. And out, well, it wasn't gospel yet, but, it, but the, out of the communion of uh, the Israeli branches, this woman heard something about Jesus. I wonder what she heard when she after he, after hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter now now put your emotions in it mom, grandma, dad, grandpa this woman's little daughter had an unclean spirit and and she heard about Jesus and she immediately came and fell at his feet. Picture what that means. Put your emotion, imagination in there. When, 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 you, when it's your kid and there's no hope and you find out there might be hope, there might be a man, there might be a church, there might be, and you're that desperate. Imagine people like that coming into our place and we don't have the power to help them. We give them a... Now the woman, verse 26, was a Gentile. Now see how I I strategically took all that time to bring you right here the last two weeks so you know what I'm talking about now. She was a Gentile of the Syrophoenician race. She was of a different race. And she kept asking him to cast the demon. This wasn't a weakness, this was a demon. There is a difference between demonic activity and just physical ailments, etc. But, but in this case, it was a real demon attacking this little girl. Does that, I don't wanna go, I, I don't wanna take too much time and just move past that. Because we can move past that and we're reading the Bible, hey, do you have any people in your life circle that, that they're having more trouble with their kid than just they can't get in the right school? Do you know there are people who who pray to God every night that their son or daughter, well, doesn't? Have you read the stats lately? The suicide rates? Have you read that? It's not always only a chemical or an emotional thing. There's another dark entity talking to people while we're not talking to them. Let's not move too quickly until so we can get this, this message done. Let's not get done until God gets done with me and you about this. So that when you walk out of here, the first thing you do when you get in your car isn't to check and make sure you set your line up. The first thing you do. And she kept asking him. And he was saying to her, now get this, Jesus... Is ensconced with Pharisees and people who have this mindset. So he plays on their mind because he's making a point. There's always a message behind the miracle with Jesus. It is about the person, but it's about a lot. And Jesus is about to wreck this toxic death trap that the God people put the world in. And he says, let the children be satisfied first. That's how, they, that's how the Jewish people thought. Hey, this is ours. This is ours. This is ours. And then he says, for it's not good to take the, what are the next two words? Children's bread. Now stop, children's bread. This woman needs her daughter to be set free from demons. Jesus calls setting someone free from demons or any other action of the kingdom that heals people. Ready? Ready? Did you just get that? You know what? He, not, this, not this cracker in here, but what this represents of the Jesus that's standing in the center of his church who is the same, I read this somewhere, I think it was in the Bible, yesterday, today, today, So the, the, the Jesus that was ready to do something for this little girl is in this room right now. Don't you wish he could do something? Don't you wish his healing ministry wouldn't have passed away? And if it did, don't you wish the devil would have passed away? Why does the devil get full license to be maniacal and murderous? But anyway, I wonder what other things we're dumb about. It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the, think of the mindset that was in, aren't you glad that we don't call the other political side of Americans things like dogs? We just call them jerks and deplorables and idiots. I know none of you have, but watching the other network, you know, the non Christian network, and, they say you, and, and you didn't say it out loud, but inside, you, what would we do if all of a sudden they, they, that person liked us and started wanting to be around us? What would we do if a whole row of the LGBTQ community came and didn't sit in the back, went right here? And what would we do if while we're singing, they sing? Would we go, you're not allowed to sing. What would we do? What would we do if those people got interested in what these people are interested in? And they didn't do the extra Jesus plus thing in our framework of time. I would get a call from somebody because I've had this happen before through the years. Pastor, now listen, I love everybody, but I want to say, I've noticed your big butt before you ever did. (laughs) You got a death grip on your gospel. Let the children be satisfied first. I love this woman. She's one of my heroes in the New Testament. For it wouldn't be good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered and said, I love this. Yes, Lord. But even the dogs. You know what she said? I'm so desperate. I don't care what they call me. I'm so desperate. I don't care if they all try to kick me out when I go to the altar. I'm so desperate that I don't, I mean, right? Even the dogs Under the table, feed on the crumbs of the children. And he said to her, because of this answer, go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed. And the demon had left her. I believe that one of the reasons why there isn't a significant higher release of the graces of the Holy Spirit in any church, including healings and miracles, is not because they've passed away. It's because the Holy Spirit's power doesn't flow like a river when there is arrogance and division between brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Are we hindering a great awakening and a great mass number of people being visited by the power of Jesus because we forget to minister in the most excellent way? Humility and acceptance and compassion and God's kind of love. Let me answer that for you, yes. Great revivals are not going to burst out in the church of gongers and clangers the church of the loud noise. I believe that there are Christian people in America that would be more excited if Paul Revere rode his horse down the center of the church and planted an American flag up here than Jesus coming in on donkey. I believe there are people that can't tell the difference. I believe there are people who are passionate about what they think the next move of God is is to put their man in office. Might I remind you that the power of the Holy Spirit moved like we've never seen before when, it, when, the, when there was an emperor that was doing stuff with his sister. They didn't have a church on every corner. It's not the assembly of the super saints filled with suspicion and sectarianism that's gonna usher in the great next move of God. It's when we get a heart that never forgets where we'd be if it wouldn't have been for the mercy and the grace of Jesus. Wouldn't it be great to see 3,000 people saved from a sermon? Wouldn't it be great to have people standing out in the grass who said, You know what? I don't know who their, your pastor is, but there's this person that uh, I, I was cutting their hair this week, and uh, they had just had Jesus all over them, and I just had to find out what's going on. I don't want kids having their brains beat out by demonic suicide spirits sitting in a church or not knowing that there is a place to go or a people. I want what you want. I need need that Jesus in my life. You need that Jesus in your life. If there's any sin that we need to repent on when we examine ourselves, come to the table of the Lord, I think it should be the sin of arrogance, conceit, and this ability to so quickly anoint ourselves with the hammer and the anvil that we want to not get up close to the mercy seat, we want to get up to the judge's bench. I, I, I was going through my sermon yesterday evening and was, had a nice time of prayer and uh, my buddy Mark Teeter invited me to go to Dairy Queen and I always feel the Holy Spirit when someone invites me to Dairy Queen. So I got quickly in my car and made a beeline straight to, and I wanted to get there because I was a little bit late and when Mark says the time, he's usually wanting you there on a time, if you know Mark. So as I'm going along my loving merry way with the grace of God all on me, this person doesn't yield. And and faster than my little cute mind could think, my mouth said, Where do you think you're going, James Bond? (laughs) Right like that. Holy Ghost and all. And I felt like the Lord just said, You know, tomorrow after you preach, and everybody goes, Oh, can I? Where dost thou live? May I remind you? It wasn't my spirit that called that guy James Bond. And it wasn't a compliment coming out of your mouth. I love James Bond, but that's what I was meaning. I could have said, you NASCAR, won. I could have said, you know. Anybody in this room, you're not all the way saved yet? I mean, not all the way. I mean, you are, but how about you? They're not raising their hand live stream. You, you honest? How many of you know It'd be better to be like Peter and say, Lord, you never wash my feet. Because you understand Sheesh. I you, I'll never get over you calling me. Huh? I'll never get over. Why is it that I've heard about this Jesus and and some of the people that I work with that I used to have never heard? Why is it that of all the people in my family, my mom's side, my dad's side, why is it that me and my sisters got to hear and have Holy Ghost kind of people around us that that we didn't want to be around us but prayed? And why? And my other and they didn't why why did I get it when I didn't want it and I pushed it away and I got drunk with the pastor's kid in the parsonage of our church I used to go to and I was the one that said open her up I'm sorry and I'm not saying why did I get in why did he look at me and go this one was born in Zion I'm gonna put my spirit on that kid I'm gonna put why I don't deserve that What did I ever do? What do I have that wasn't given to me from God? Right? How will I ever allow him to rest his crown on my head at the marriage supper? How will I ever just go? (laughs) How will I? Or you? How can I be praying for the rapture tonight? When there are kids that have never heard and countries that have never known, he's gonna come on his own timing. But why am I on the rapture bus wondering why he's late? Conceit, arrogance, self. This is not just vertical, it's horizontal. Lord, is it at this time you're gonna restore the kingdom to Israel? Hey. It's not for you to, you go be witnesses. So I said all that. Oh, geez, I went 20 minutes after that. Lord, please forgive me, I pray. I want everybody to stand, please. All right, what kind of denomination am I? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in some branch of the tributaries of the multi-massive river of God. And here's what I want. I want to happen in your life and happen in people what has happened in mine and keeps happening in mine out of his mercy and grace. I want people who have just been told this past week that they have a mass in their liver. I want this girl that I know that just got out of the hospital from a double mastectomy and has gone through chemo and gone through this and everybody's praying for her. I want Jesus to touch her. I want kids that are struggling with their identities and are scared to death to tell somebody from the Bible club about it, lest they get, try to be fixed Or someone tries to cast the demon of whatever out of them and it's not that. It's just, I want the presence of Jesus to be so strong that we don't have to argue and debate people in. The overwhelming presence of the embrace of the one just even goes past the answers to the questions and he doesn't even, he doesn't answer questions, he just brings his embrace. And I want us to go to the table and I want to pray for you today we pray for one another today if you need the children's bread whatever that is mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever you need the children's bread broken in your home and your marriage and your family I want that to be yours and and, and the blood the blood uh, uh, cleansing the tormenting Times of the past that maybe God and you are trying to forget, but some of your best pals won't let you. Horizontal. You have, your, you have yours? You take the lid off? Let's take the lid off the children's bread, huh? Hold it up. This is the children's bread. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us shalom, which doesn't just mean peace. It's this wide, vast word. It's, it's like the word that, that's used to, to when God told Joshua Every place the sole of your foot trods in the new promised land, I've already given to you. The idea of shalom, peace, even tied into the Greek idea, irani, it, it, it has this vast. So the punishment that brought us shalom was on him. Tranquil, well-being, well-being. I speak the word of God over you. Well-being from the one who paid it all. Children, healing in the bread, broken. Would you break it and take it and eat it by faith? By faith, not like you're saluting the flag or you're memorizing something. By faith, faith this bread in Jesus' name. And then the cup. Forget, forget the covenant. You broke it. I'm going to do something new. Forget the former things. There will be coming a day, said the prophet Jeremiah, that you will no longer say, as the Lord who brought us out of Egypt. But you'll say another thing, as the Lord who brought us out of the land of the north, bring us into the land of promise. And as Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood, not the blood of that lamb, in my blood for the remission, for the emancipation of your sins. Drink it. I would like you would please to just hold out your heart, the hands of your heart, your hands before the Lord. Oh Jesus. And those of you who are watching and listening, you're driving down the road somewhere in the land of tomorrow. And nobody knows. I don't even know, but I'm speaking to you. I see you. You've just been told something you wish you'd never have heard. And all the lights have gone out. And you're driving. And you're, and, and you're terrified. Before you were born, God had you timed to listen to this. Fear not. Because God has just given you a moment to rescue you. And if you, at your first opportunity, will lift your eyes to heaven's king, he will move heaven and earth for you because of mercy that he has decided to put upon your life right now. If you listen to this and that's you, would you please? I know that I'm talking to somebody just like I know what kind of shoes I'm wearing on my feet right now. Would you please get back to me on that? Testify of the good things God does for your life. Father, in this room, I pray for everybody that needs healing. I pray that right there at their seat, but I also pray, friend, listen, if, if it, it, there's nothing magical about coming to the front, but listen, um, there were times when I was a kid, I used to go to the swimming pool and I'd come and, 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 and then I'd be there all day. And every now and then I wouldn't even get in the water, too cold or whatever. And then I would go home and some one of my friends said, what'd you do today? I said, I went swimming. Well, I really didn't. I, did, I went to the swimming pool, but I didn't go swimming. There are people who are here today and go to church and they're at church, but they didn't do church. They're in the faith, but they're not faithing. And sometimes coming out of your seat to an altar is a way of faithing the message not that I spoke, come on brother, yeah. Not that I spoke, but God used me to speak, but God spoke to you. If God spoke to you, you can seal it where you are, but you might need to fade it. Because you might need to fade it outside of the of the of the environment where your kid can say, "Dad, where are we going next? Can we leave as soon as Tim shuts up? I want to get to the you know, I want to get to the, the play." You know, you might need to just you might need to just You might be like that Syrophoenician woman. I don't think when she came to Jesus, she came in the way that was like the formal, I believe in God the Father, the Maker. Nothing wrong with that. But her baby was in trouble. How would you come? Maybe you need to come like that. I want to pray that in mysteries, in the mysteries of how God does what God does, whether it's through a gentle breeze or whether you need a tornado experience, that the Lord will meet you. Do you have time for that? Would you say right now with me in your heart, Lord, I give you permission. Imagine that, that God who can do whatever he wants dignifies our will to the point that he has made it that we give him permission geez, to move and do what he wants to do in our life. When the band plays, I'm just gonna go down here and pray with these folks. If we have praying people in here and you're, you came to church to swim and not just sit at the pool and, and you're holy before the Lord and you love God and you're not playing around and you're not trying to get a healing ministry, you're not trying to have people look at you like you're something special, but you just care about people. I want you to come and, and, and just make a, a, a cloud of witnesses and faithers around people that need the Lord. huh? There's people up here that are weeping at the feet of Jesus right now. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Does that make you, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? You hear that? I'm not trying, just listen. Did you hear that? That's what that Syrophoenician woman was feeling like. Come on. I don't know one thing about any person's situation right now at this altar. I don't know anything about you. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about you. If, if you could take all the mercy and all the love and all the compassion out of every, in, in the heart of every person that's alive in the world, it would be like a candle compared to the sun. When it, when you're describing the compassion that Jesus has for you and for people that are, that are driving down the road right now and don't give a flip That's how he feels about them too. The same. Somebody's got to tell him. Somebody has to tell him. Somebody has to get in the world so the Syrophoenician woman can hear that there's a Jesus like that. Maybe that's your your come to the altar moment today. Maybe it's your, hey, it's not about me. God, use my flunky way of following you to, to save somebody's life. Come on. have you ever gotten in your car i have i'm not bragging about i have i've gotten in my car before where god used me to literally save someone's life and you get in the car and you know you know you got your own stuff and you just you're just overwhelmed that god in the calendar marked the day like It's beyond anything we can understand what God wants to do through just everyday normal people that say, I love Jesus. Oh, Spirit of God, please don't let anybody leave this place today without being arrested, intercepted with the reality that they have the power and the big Jesus and the fullness of the Spirit, and you're not finished. You're not finished. You're not finished. Do that work. Do that work. Holy Spirit of God, do your work in our church. It's your church. If I ever make it mine, kick me the heck out of here. Lord, have have your way, have your way. You close the service. I don't know how to close the service. You close it whenever you want. No pressure to stay, no bondage, no religious spirits, just the spirit of liberty in Christ Jesus be your portion. Amen? Come on team.